Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom. This is Rabbi Joshua Heller, Senior Rabbi of Congregation B'nai Torah in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today, we are studying Tractate Chagiga Daf Tetvav 15. Over the past few days, we've entered the realms of dangerous, esoteric mystical knowledge. Yesterday, we saw that four sages entered Pardes, Paradise. Ben Azai died, Ben Zoma went insane, and Rabbi Akiva came out okay. And then there was Elisha ben Abuya, who cut the shoots and became a heretic, and became known as Acher, the other. And this daf focuses almost exclusively on the stories of Acher. Some of the collected stories address the question of what led Acher to go away. One possibility is that he left monotheism and became a dualist. He saw the angel Metatron sitting down in the divine presence, and therefore assumed that that angel was on the same level as God, that there are two heavenly forces, not just one. Another set of accounts, towards the end of the daf, explains that he opened himself up to corrupting influences, either by singing Greek songs or by studying heretical books. We have the image of him getting up from his seat in the study hall and having forbidden books fall awkwardly from his lap where he had been concealing them. Some later interpreters suggest that he felt that his mystical knowledge meant that he could live a religious life without observance. Elisha ben Abuya is told repeatedly that he will not have the opportunity to repent. A botkol, a voice from heaven, tells him that repentance is possible for all, except for him. Citing the verse, Shuvu banim shovavim, return wayward sons, except for Acher. Now, he doesn't take no for an answer at first. He tries an old rabbinic form of soothsaying. He walks up to a child who is learning biblical verses. He asks the child what verse he happens to be learning and assumes that that verse has some sort of lesson or message. He does it once, and the child is reading the verse, There is no peace, says God, for the wicked. Yet again, another child says, Even if you were to wash with nitrin and multiply borax... Your sin remains a stain before me. He ends up doing this 13 times in 13 different synagogues, and by the end was so frustrated that he actually threatened to kill and dismember the boy who cited the verse, or perhaps actually even did so. What's remarkable about Elisha ben Abuya is that he turns so totally from Jewish practice, but continues to embrace Jewish learning. He frequents prostitutes and violates Shabbat, and yet he retains such a strong interest in the intellectual study and a concern for the well-being of his disciple, Rabbi Meir. These two sages, Acher and Rabbi Meir, somehow managed to respect each other's approach, each other's philosophy of life from opposite sides of a very tall fence. So, for example, Acher is riding a horse on Shabbat. That's something that's already prohibited, and Rabbi Meir is walking alongside him, learning from him. Acher warns Rabbi Meir, don't walk any further, 
because we have reached the Shabbat boundary, and therefore, if you cross it, um, you will be in violation. Acher is not concerned for his own sin, but he is concerned for that of his disciple. Rabbi Meir constantly beseeches his master to repent, but he will not. Instead, we are told that Rabbi Meir ate the date and spit out the seed. He was able to grasp the wisdom, the intellectual luminosity of Acher, without being swept up in his apostasy. Now, while the traditional sources tend to regard Acher with disdain as a villain, an irredeemable heretic who was responsible for his own downfall, and in fact, the accounts in the Jerusalem Talmud portray him as an informer for the Romans. But I think that many modern, more liberally oriented readers are more likely to see him with a certain sympathy, perhaps even as a kind of tragic hero, or as a prototype for their own efforts to bridge traditional Judaism and the larger secular intellectual environment. So, for example, in 1939, Rabbi Milton Steinberg wrote a fictionalized biography of Elisha ben Abuya called As a Driven Leaf that was required reading for questioning U.S. wires for two generations. Now, we live in a world where intellectual detachment and objectivity are often valued in the realm of study. And Elisha ben Abuya stands out as the archetype of the person who embraces this ideal being engaged with the topic on an intellectual level, but not necessarily living those values. He is an apicorus, but not an ignoramus. He is someone who rejects the tradition, not because he does not understand it, but because he lives outside of it. And that name, Acher, literally means that he sees himself as other from the tradition. So as we approach Rosh Hashanah, the message of the story, that Acher will not be able to repent, is somewhat disheartening. Surely the doors of repentance are never truly locked? I recently learned from Avi Weiss another way to think about this story. The catchphrase again and again is, Return wayward sons, except for Acher. As long as Alicia ben Abuya is in the realm of being other, of outside, as long as that's how he conceives himself, no repentance is possible. The tragedy of his re- life is that if he could just see himself again as Alicia ben Abuya, he mi- and not as Acher, he might have been able to find repentance. One final thought. Rabbi Elisha ben Abuya has very few laws or teachings directly attributed to him in rabbinic literature, the Mishnah and the Gemara. But he may, in fact, have played a very important role in the transmission of rabbinic Judaism. Elisha ben Abuya was, at least apparently, a student or a junior associate of Rabbi Akiva. And we saw in turn that Rabbi Meir was a student or disciple of Elisha ben Abuya. Rabbi Meir, his teachings and formulations end up becoming a very important source for Rabbi Judah the Prince's Mishnah, but without attribution. Now this is alluded to very cryptically in the teaching on Ardaf, that in the Heavenly Academy, all teachings were mentioned except for those of Rabbi Meir. And in fact, Masachet Horayot says that when the Mishnah talks about a view of Achirim, it is referring to Rabbi Meir. So he is referred to with a name, an appellation, very similar to that of his teacher, Acher. So Elisha ben Abuya begins as a prominent, promising sage, is led astray by his foray into esoteric knowledge, but ultimately is redeemed after death and lives on in legend and folklore 
and as a strong but hidden link in the transmission of rabbinic thought through his disciple, Rabbi Meir, the anonymous voice of the whole Mishnah. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.